Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. So wonderful to have you with me. This will be the last podcast of the year. I'm going to leave you alone over the holidays to enjoy your families and celebrations. And so no need to have podcasts from me in the next two to three weeks. We'll return in January. So I want to end this year with some predictions about next year. And then at the end, a little word of caution and wisdom for your life. So let me give you seven predictions or trends that I think will be highly significant, will shape next year, that you want to keep your eyes on and that are factors in our national life. Number one, I've already raised the or sounded the alarm, raised the flag, (laughs) blown the trumpet, whatever analogy you want to use about inflation. Inflation right now is higher than it has been in America in more than 30 years. Stunningly high. And it's a result of government dumping money on the economy. Remember that the simple definition of inflation is that it's an expansion of the money supply, an artificial expansion of the money supply. The more you have of something, the less individual each individual unit of that thing is worth. So you dramatically increase the amount of cash in the world, amount of money in America through government action, you reduce the value of each individual dollar. That is what's happening. I call inflation, and this certainly is not original with me, government theft. It's a way the government can steal from the people or does steal from the people, whether it intends to or not, by increasing the money supply, therefore reducing the value of the money you have in your pocket, in your account, etc. In the next year, present trends will continue and inflation is going to be one of the most important issues. Anybody who runs on this for national office uh, will get a hearing. This is one of the greatest criticisms of the Biden administration, which seems to be uh, economically stunted and ill-informed. And so this is a huge issue. It's going to be a huge issue in your finances. As I've said before, it's going to be a huge issue in the nation. And for those of you who understand what I'm about to say, uh, go anti-inflation, go uh, inflation resistant in your investing and your buying. There's no way we can pull out of this quickly. We might, by the end of the year, we might with uh, a change in Congress, I'll talk about that in a moment, but you don't pull out of inflation quickly. We're going to continue to have it at the beginning of next year. And by the way, there's no indication that the Biden administration recognizes this or intends to address it wisely. So inflation is my number one trend, my number one concern, my number one factor in American life next year. Now, of course, I'm speaking economically and politically. I'm not speaking about, you know, what's what's, what's important on, on your family hearth, etc. Number two, <clears throat> number two and three basically are the same issue. Because of the stunning weakness and lack of wisdom of the Biden administration, and I know I, I probably have been more critical of the Biden administration in harsher terms than I have been of any other administration since I began doing this podcast, but I am absolutely stunned at the Biden administration. And therefore, 
because of some of the things that uh, the Biden administration has done internationally in foreign policy that show weakness, my number two and three are as following. I believe we will see China move on Taiwan in the next year. And I believe we will see Russia move on the Ukraine in the next year. Now, I might be off by some months. I might be off by a year. But that's that, those forces are circling now. Those flights, those strategies, that intelligence, uh, the intercepts uh, have already been surfaced. Uh, we know that this is being discussed. We know that uh, the militaries of these two countries are on maneuvers preparing for these actions. Uh, this is not something that I know uniquely through back channels. This is something that's very obvious and being openly discussed uh, in the news, frankly, and certainly in D.C. So I believe we will see China move on Taiwan and Russia move on Ukraine in the next let's say 13 months. That takes us up to the end of 2020. It's a major factor, and it's a result of the stunning Biden administration weakness and incompetence and the withdrawal from Afghanistan, and then their insistence upon defending it as the only option. We were weak, we were disorganized, and then we defended our folly. That sends a, a ridiculous signal to our enemies, and they will be on the move next year. Not so much against us, but they will be on the move, certainly against those we've pledged to defend. What will that result in? We'll have to see. Uh, my number four is something that's been noised about a little bit, but if you live in D.C., it really has been a topic of discussion, and that is how Vice President Kamala Harris um, is, uh, well, if you wanted to be harsh and you were hard coming from the right wing, you'd say she's a disaster. Uh, those on even on the left are saying she's weak. Her office is in chaos. People are resigning. So Kamala Harris is a real problem for this administration, and one of the solutions that has been floated is putting her on the Supreme Court. This is a, this is a classic um, business model of what not to do. You take a problem and you promote that problem so as to get it out of your backyard, so to speak, or get it out of some place where they uh, can do a lot of damage, put them up somewhere in the higher ranks uh, where they can't do as much damage. That's kind of the thinking. But there is serious discussion in D.C. at the least of Kamala Harris being a disaster as a vice president, weak, disorganized, mean. Um, and her staff have been resigning. There have been, whenever you see leaks happening like this, uh, there's, there is absolutely not just smoke, but fire. Uh, and so watch the office of Kamala Harris. She is not uh, the stalwart, prepared, courageous candidate for president to follow Biden. Instead, there's great concern about whether she will even survive office. But to save face, what you do with the vice president, it's never happened before uh, while in office, but you, you promote them and there's discussion, since we may have a couple of left-leaning justices uh, leaving during the Biden years, uh, there's the possibility of putting her on the Supreme Court. Is she qualified? No, she's not a legal scholar. She was Attorney General of California. Uh, she is a, a lawyer, obviously, a person who functions in the law. Um, she was a good prosecutor, uh, but she is not. Uh, people on the Supreme Court have to be reasoned. They have to be knowledgeable 
level, not just in the practice of law, uh, but in the entire Western legal canon, um, she would not be good at this. This would be Mr. Biden and his administration trying to eject a problem and also put a leftist on the Supreme Court. So watch that situation. Uh, My fifth point is one that will bother uh, those of you who are pro-life. I'm watching the Supreme Court carefully. Other people I watch are watching the Supreme Court. And in this Dobbs case arising out of Mississippi that I profiled in my very last podcast, um, obviously the Supreme Court has opportunity to overthrow Roe v. Wade. I have to tell you that There's great caution to be exercised in rushing to judgment and assuming the court is going to overthrow Wade, uh, Roe v. Wade. They have been cautious in a Texas law. Uh, They have allowed lawsuits challenging a Texas, the the strident Texas law that was anti-abortion to a large extent. They're being cautious. They're being very slow in their deliberations. And I'll have to tell you, I hope for an overthrowing of Roe, one of the worst cases in American judicial history, as we've discussed. But I, there's some signs that the that the court may may not may not be strident on this issue, may not vote as people think they do. Uh, what has happened is uh, certainly the left-leaning press has looked at the personal views of some of the justices, especially that President Trump appointed, and they've said, well, those personal views are going to prevail. But the fact is that jurists often surprise the press and even those who appointed them. Justice Brennan shocked Eisenhower, President Eisenhower appointed him, uh, being so left-leaning. Uh, and they and they shocked them because many times people, justices, have personal views that the press makes a big deal out of, but they are true jurists. These people who are appointed are true jurists, and they do what's what, what the law dictates, and they uh, they look for precedent in the law, and they aren't as radical as those who appointed them wanted them to be. So I just think there might be some trouble uh, in, in, in paradise here. I think there might be some difficulty. I realize we have a conservative-leaning court. Uh, it hasn't made that much difference thus far, I have to say. And we won't know about the Dobbs case until about June of 2020. But don't be surprised if Roe v. Wade does not get the thorough overthrow that many conservatives hope for and many liberals fear. It might be a more nuanced Decision. There are definitely signs here on the Roberts Court, and we call it that because Roberts is the is the Chief Justice. Okay, uh, my sixth prediction slash sign of things to watch things to watch for is that it's very possible, statistically very possible, that Republicans will take both the House and the Senate in the midterm elections. Uh, This will largely be a national reaction to the extremism of the Biden administration and it having been carried off by the far left. Um, People are suffering because of silly defund the police policies. For example, people are suffering because of inflation. We are going to see some dramatic international actions, uh, largely testing American weakness as signaled in Afghanistan. As I just said, I think you're going to see a reaction. I think you're seeing a reaction. I've told you before that I went and spoke at a large gathering in Arizona 
and met people down there who had moved uh, into Arizona from California and Oregon, and they were like escapees from the Nazis. They saw the left as a bunch of goose-stepping Nazis. Uh, They couldn't believe uh, how the homeless were taking over their communities, but largely because of leftist policies. They couldn't believe the way the police were dispirited and defunded and reduced in numbers. It just went on and on and on. And I think what we're seeing is a, is a is going to be a Main Street conservative kind of reaction to the unwise policies of the left. And those are largely hung around uh, the necks of the Biden administration, but it will filter down to local races. And so I do think that you're probably going to see a Republican takeover of the House and the Senate at the midterms. And then one trend that's very encouraging to me, I realize that most of these I've spoken about are, are, are disturbing probably to most of my listeners, but my seventh one my, is one I'm very encouraged by, and that is that I believe we're going to see a rise of the moderates. I got to tell you that my read is Americans are tired of the extreme left and the extreme right. They're tired of people blowing past each other. And I believe there's a common sense America. I've said this before. Most governing happens in the middle. It happens uh, by, by people going moderate. Whatever rhetoric they might be throwing out, whatever flames they might be throwing in their campaigns or in their battles with the other side, when it comes down to governing, when it comes, to, comes down to getting things done, people have to move to the center. Uh, they, have to, they have to compromise. And most governing happens in the middle. Well, we're seeing now people being weary of the extreme left and the extreme right. They were they they obviously were fed up with it. Many of them during the Trump administration, extreme right ideas and and angry rhetoric and all the things that befit or that were typified by his administration. They're now weary to death of trendy ideas and ideas coming out of university think tanks that beset the Biden administration. Most of which are failing. Most of which are weak, most of which are uh, in some cases immoral. And so Main Street America is looking for the moderates. One of the men who typifies this is Eric Adams, the man who's just become mayor in New York. Uh, This is a man who is a moderate. And I think we're going to see more of that kind of thing. I think we're going to see people positioning themselves more moderate uh, because right now the extreme right and the extreme left is a stench in the nostrils of Main Street, common sense, Jimmy Stewart America. Now, those are my seven thoughts and predictions for 2020. But I want to tell you that almost all of those are political predictions. Almost all of those speak to politics. But our founding fathers did not intend that politics should be at the center of our lives. Instead, they intended that government would guard the most important things of life, like faith, like family, like immediate community, like the nobility of work, etc., like the local being more important than the national. And my, the main thing I want to say to you now as I bring this last podcast of 2021 to an end is that I urge you not to allow, though this podcast is largely about politics and world events through the eyes of faith, I want to urge you not to allow politics to rob you of the stability of your soul, to rob you of your faith, uh, to rob you of your balance, and to rob you of your peace. The most important things in life are your connection to God, your own living of life of consequence and fulfilling your destiny, your family, your immediate community, and the nobility of the work that you do. And 
we will see things happen in 2020 that will be will tempted to cause our hearts to fail. Uh, and then we will see a lot of wonderful things happening too. But none of it should be at the center of your life. Again, the center of your life should be your faith, your own taking hold of your purpose in life, your family, your immediate community, and the nobility of the work that you do. And so I end this podcast with the deepest hopes and prayers and wishes for you, that you will take hold of that for which you have been taken hold of for your purpose that God has ordained for you in this next year, that you will distance yourself a bit from all social media channels, especially if they're robbing you of your peace and your your sanity, so to speak, that you will press into your faith, press into God, press into your own purpose, get centered, love your family more deeply, draw your community around you more tightly, and do what you are made to do. Yes, to make a difference in this world, but also simply to produce and honor God and take care of your family with your labors. May 2020, I'm sorry, 2022, be your best year yet. And it's a privilege to walk with you. We'll see you again in early January. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.